0: Welcome to the podcast, Holiness Talks. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to this important subject, which the Bible talks about, and which God is interested in. We've had several episodes in the past. We've talked about the holiness of God, and we have looked at holiness in some specific books in the Old Testament, as well as in the New. We've also looked at some passages that are considered to be difficult or controversial, such as romans chapter 7 and the notorious eye we've also looked at the problem of original sin so-called as we find it in psalm 51. to go back and listen to the past episodes if you have the time today we've been looking at the passion for holiness without any doubt holiness is an important subject By now we know that and we've been dealing with this for several months in the past It's not something which is negotiable. Let's remember again, as we find in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, the New American Standard Bible says, follow peace with all men and the sanctification, the sanctification with a definite article, without which no one will see the Lord. And bearing in mind, my dear brother and sister, or my dear listener, as we journey on, Let's bear in mind, as R.C. Sproul said it very well, God does not negotiate his holiness. Holiness is not subject to negotiation. God does not negotiate holiness in order to accommodate us, in order to accommodate our thinking, our living, our culture. God does not negotiate his holiness. That great man, William Wilberforce, who was at the forefront Of the eradication of slavery said it very well he said there's no shortcut to holiness it must be the business of our lives holiness ought to be the business of our lives as believers it is not something we can just push aside no not at all it's not something we can choose to be if we want to we can be holy if we don't want to we can't we we won't be no it's very clear leviticus chapter 19 Verses 1 and 2, God says, as I have called you, as I am holy, you must be holy. We find the same idea, in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 7, Leviticus eleven forty-four, all over the pages of the scriptures. In Exodus chapter 19, verses 5 and 6, we are called to be a royal priesthood, a holy nation. That is what we are called to be. First Peter uses the same language in First Peter chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. So holiness is something that must be our passion i remember chaspojian saying whatever call a man may pretend to have if he has not been called to holiness he certainly has not been called to ministry let me repeat that again whatever call a man and let's say a woman or anyone for that matter may pretend to have if that person has not been called to holiness He or she has certainly, certainly has not been called to ministry. And as we talk about this, let us remember, we're not talking about holiness by struggling. We're not talking about holiness by trying. We're talking about holiness by trusting, by trusting in the redemptive work of Christ, in the atoning blood that was shed for us on the cross of Calvary, bearing in mind again, as we've said times without number. That Jesus did not save us in order to make us better sinners, not at all. Rather, he saved us in order to make us saints unto God. It's important. So this is not holiness by struggling. It's not holiness by trying. It is by trusting. Somebody puts it this way. He says, give up the struggle and the fight. Give up the struggle and the fight. Relax in the omnipotence of the Lord Jesus. Look up into his lovely face, and as you behold him, he will transform you into his likeness. You do the beholding, he does the transforming. There is no shortcut to holiness. So, we're talking about holiness, which is not by trying hard to be holy or fighting hard to be holy or struggling hard to be holy, but we're talking about holiness that comes as a result of trusting in the Lord. And as we've said today, We're talking about a passion for holiness. Bearing in mind what Bishop J.C. Ryle said, without holiness on us, we shall never be prepared to enjoy heaven. Heaven is a holy place. The Lord of heaven is a holy being. The angels are holy creatures. Holiness is written on everything in heaven. How shall we ever be at home and happy in heaven if we die unholy? The truth is that, if we are down holy, then we can't see God. So we can't, we shouldn't even be nurturing the idea that, well, if we die unholy, then we'll find a good place in heaven. No, not at all. We, to see the Lord, we must be holy. And that's why we're talking about a passion, a passion for holiness. When we're talking about a passion, we're talking about a burning desire, something inside us that is saying, look, I need this. I want to have holiness in me, something we're praying about, something we're seeking the face of God about, something that consumes us. When we talk about passion, we're talking about something that gets our attention. You see, when you have passion for something, you want to do it. You want to do it. It consumes you. It's a passion that consumes you. You want to see it done. You want to have it accomplished. If you have passion for music, or you want to listen to music all the time and all that, if you have passion for eating, you just want to eat all the time, and you become a gluten, unfortunately, if you are not careful. I'm simply talking about passion. For us to be holy, as God wants us to be, we must begin with a passion. That great man of God, A.W. Tozer. He puts it this way: He said, "The stiff and wooden quality about our religious lives is a result of our lack of holy desire." So, when we talk about passion, we're talking about a holy desire. He simply describes the Christian life of so many people. He said, "The stiff and wooden quality about our religious lives is a result of our lack of a holy desire." And then he goes on to say, "Complacency is a deadly fall." of all spiritual growth. When we are complacent, when we are satisfied with less than God wants us to have. And sometimes when we are satisfied, unfortunately, with nothing, we can't get the best that God wants us to have. So it goes on to say, acute desire, that's what I call passion, an acute desire must be present, or there will be be no manifestation of Christ to his people. Very, very important. There must be an acute desire inside us. There must be a passion. Do I long for holiness? Am I looking for it? Am I hungering for it? Jesus Himself said in Matthew chapter five, verse eight: "Blessed are the pure in heart, for only they shall see God." Blessed are the pure in heart. Do we want to see God? We must. We must long after purity. Remember, when I'm talking about holiness, there are different words that are used. In the scriptures, we talk about purity, we talk about cleansing, we talk about sanctification, we talk about holiness, all talk about the same end, being the people God wants us to be, or if we want to put it in the Western language, perfect love, the kind of love that casts out fear. That's what we're talking about, a passion, a passion for holiness. Let me put it this way. Do we realize that a passion for holiness is a passion for God himself? A passion for holiness is a passion for God Himself because God is a holy God. And as we've said, that word holy can actually be substituted for God, God the Holy One. The prophets called Him the Holy One. So when we're talking about a passion for holiness, we're talking about a passion for God, a passion for who God is, a passion for the life of God, a passion for the nature of God, a passion for the righteousness of God, a passion for that consumes us, something we long for, to be what God, who God wants us to be, or like Roberto Bondi puts our word, to love as God loves. When we're talking about holiness, we're talking about to loving as God loves. So we're talking a passion for holiness. Think about this. Lou, you study the life of people who have lived for holy lives. Study universal holiness of life. Then you'll find out that our whole usefulness depends on this, depends on holiness. Our sermons will last about one hour or two, but our life preaches the rest of the week. We can preach a sermon for 30 minutes, for one hour, for two hours, but our lives preach for the rest of the week. We need to know what holiness means. And somebody put it this way, if Satan can only make a covetous minister, a lover of praise, of pleasure, of good eating, then it's ruined your ministry. How do we have passion for holiness? We give ourselves to prayer. We give ourselves to our text. We give ourselves our thoughts. We get everything from God. So we're talking about a passion for holiness and as we talk about this we need to ask ourselves a few questions a few questions when we're we're talking about taking holiness seriously so the question we're asking today or one of the questions is how important is holiness to you how important is it to you in other words how much attention how much thought and how much effort do you and me devote to the pursuit of holiness? Are we intentional? Are we intentional about putting away everything that is displeasing to God and living a holy life? Are we intentional? So, when we talk about holiness, we're talking about intentionality. It just doesn't fall from the tree like a ripe fruit. No, we seek the face of God. Are we intentional about putting everything away? Everything that displaces God and living a holy life, let's put it in another way. Is holiness my priority? Is holiness your priority? Is holy living your priority? Is it my priority? Is it our mission? If the, quest, if the answers to these questions are no, no, no. Now, don't get discouraged. We can turn around. That's the purpose of these holiness talks to provoke us, to provoke us unto love. That's what the writer of Hebrews says to provoke one another unto godliness. So, the purpose for these holiness talks, for this podcast, is to provoke you and me to be the people God wants us to be and to live the kind of lives that God wants us to live as parents. We ask ourselves the question, how important is your children's holiness to you? Do you care about their GPA, grade point average, more than you care about the way they live for God? Do you care much about their career advancement, how you want and you want them to be CEOs and COOs, you want them to be great entrepreneurs, you want them to be achievers, all that is good. But do you care for their holiness as much as you care for these other things? Does the sin of your children drive you to your knees? Do the the sins of our children, when we find that our children are sinning, do their sins drive us to our knees? to pray for them? Does it cause us to plead with God to give our children a heart for righteousness and plead with God for them to repent? And as a minister, as a preacher of the gospel, and a pastor, whatever our titles are, but God has given you some responsibility over the people of God. Let me ask you, does it grieve you? when the members of the body of Christ under your supervision are unloving and unforgiving? Does it bother you when the church is filled with gossips and glutons? I'm sure we don't want to talk about that. You say, well, let's not talk about that. Let's just talk about holiness. Uh, Sure, we talk about holiness generally today. But it's when we begin to ask ourselves the difficult questions. What does it mean? How does holiness affect my living? How does it affect my lifestyle? It is at that point. Or as it is said, when the rubber meets the road that is when we begin to recoil and because we oh well here we go now legalism no this is not legalism this is saying that holiness the holiness we're talking about is something that must be demonstrated or manifested in our lives for people to see does it grieve you when you see the members of our church members of our congregations having more interest in feasting than fasting, in playing than praying, in possessions than pleasure, than in spirit- in possessions and pleasure, than in spiritual riches and in pleasing God. Walking in a way to please God. We're talking about holiness. Passion for holiness that makes us to run away from profanity. Today pornography is probably not a problem to so many people. Oh, you see, oh, some, even some pastors will be the first one to go and watch X-rated movies. So, well, I want to go and watch it so that I can tell my members about it. You don't have to. You don't have to. You don't need to. We can watch pornography without being affected by it. Have we become desensitized to sin? Are we bothered? Are we bothered anymore? I want you to think about this. I'll tell you a story quickly. I go to a gym, a big one, and years ago, we discovered that the sewage was leaking and nobody, people couldn't stand it because the place was very smelly. Well, assuming that happens in a house, what would you do? You want to take care of it immediately because you don't want the sewage to pass the sewage line. I mean, to be up, to be passing through your house. But think about it on the other hand. What if it is in the church? If there are plumbing problems or septic problems that cause raw sewage to be overflowing into the hallway, what are we going to do? I can tell you, I won't ignore it. Think about this, what practical holiness. Assuming you have raw sewage passing through the church, everybody will be closing their noses Nobody will want to be in church. Why? Because the health hazard will be so much and it will require immediate attention. We are not just going to continue to raise up your hand and clap our hand and say, praise the Lord. No, not at all. We want to take care of it quickly. But isn't there something worse in the church? Something more serious than a in the house? In the lives of so many people who claim to be believers, who claim to be born again, and we just see countless professing Christians, most of them who are wonderful when you see them. But you see them committing blatant sin, sin in the church, adultery, drunkenness, abuse, pornography. Profanity, old temper tantrums all over the place, anger, immodest dressing. I mean, among believers. But if we have a passion for holiness, we want to talk to God. What's the problem today? Because we are not talking about holiness anymore. It's a missing message. Everybody says, oh, yes, let's be holy. But what does it mean? What does it mean? Well, the grace of God. Yes, the grace of God, like Randy Maddox, the title of the book of Randy Maddox, responsible grace. We no longer talk about responsible grace. The grace that is responsible. We tiptoe around the passages of the Bible that proclaim the holiness of God. The passages of the Bible that talks about God's hatred for sin you know what when we have a passion for holiness as we said a few minutes ago the passion for holiness is a passion for god what does that mean we're saying god i want to love what you love and i want to hate what you hate i want to love what you love and i want to hate what you hate unfortunately today we promote a gospel which is not the gospel that Jesus preached that we see in the Beatitudes, where it says, blessed are those who thirst and hunger after righteousness. We promote a gospel that says it is possible for us to be Christians and then live like the world. No, unfortunately, holiness seems to be like a bad word. But we're saying, no, it's not a bad word is something that god loves in fact when you see people who talk about holiness you're saying well we don't want to be part of that we don't want to be part of that we don't want to be legalistic no we shouldn't be we want to be happy but we want to be holy that can't we don't want to be holy we want to be happy but we don't want to be holy again Let me quote A.W. Tozer. He said, no man should desire to be happy who is not at the same time holy. He should spend his effort in seeking to know and do the will of God, leaving to Christ the matter of how happy he should be. You know the will of God, 1 Thessalonians tells us. In 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3, this is the will of God, even your sanctification. And you see in verse 7 as well. Our holiness is important to God. We want to be holy. Oh, you say, well, I've seen people who profess to be holy, but they are not. Nope. That does not stop you. That great general of the Salvation Army, founder, William Booth. Remember William Booth and Catherine Booth. I mean, he said it all. He said there are different kinds of fire. That's a false fire. But listen to him. He said, no one knows this better than we do. He said, but we are not such fools as to refuse good banknotes because there are false ones in circulation. We don't refuse good banknotes because there are false ones in circulation. He says, although we see here and there manifestations of what appears to us to be nothing more than mere earthly fire, we nonetheless price and value and seek for the genuine fire, which comes from the altar of the Lord. We need a genuine fire from the altar of the Lord. We need to pray and say, God, I need holiness. Thomas Akempis, in his book, Imitation of Christ, writes, and I quote, at the day of judgment, we shall not be asked what we have read but what we have done. Not how well we have spoken, but how holy we have lived. Remember again, in our last episode, we look at all, holiness in the Johannine epistles. And we looked at 1 John chapter 1, and we come out on the fact that the Bible says, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses, from all, cleanses us from all sin. 1 John 3, 8 and 9, actually 3, 8 to 10, tells us the same thing. Either practices sin is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. But we are children of God. What should be our prayer? What should be our desire? Let me read the song to you by P.P. Bliss. P.P. Bliss is well known for the music he put into the song of Horatius Parford, It is well with my soul. But here is the song of P.P. Bliss himself. My prayer. Here is the song. More holiness give me. More striving within, more patience in suffering, more sorrow for sin, more faith in my Savior, more sense of his care, more joy in his service, more purpose in prayer. That should be your prayer. That should be more prayer. You know why? Because spirit-filled souls are blessed for God. Someone, Chadrick, says it very well. It says, spirit-filled souls are blessed for God. They love with a love that glows. They serve with a faith that kindles. They serve with a devotion that consumes. They hate sin with fierceness that burns. They rejoice with a joy that radiates. Love is perfected in the fire of God. I want to be spirit-filled. I want my soul to be spirit-filled. And when we say spirit-filled, I'm a Pentecostal, I'm a Wesleyan, I do not have any apologies when it comes to speaking in tongues, but listen, being spirit-filled is more than just speaking in tongues. Spirit-filled souls are blessed for God, on fire for God. Lord, I want to love with a love that glows. They love with a love that glows. Lord, I want to love you. I want to love you and I want to love people with a love that glows. I want to serve you with a faith that kindles. I want to serve with a devotion that consumes and I want to hate sin with a fierceness that burns. I want to rejoice with a joy that radiates and I want a love that is perfected in the fire of God a passion for holiness. Lord, create in us a passion for holiness. More holiness give us, Lord. Remember that song. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. All his wondrous passion, all his wonderful passion and purity. Oh, thou spirit divine, all my nature refine till the beauty of Jesus is seen in me. May that be your prayer. May that be my prayer. And may the Lord grant that the prayer be answered. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the episode. Looking forward to the next one, if the Lord tarries. God bless you.